Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 6, 2017 and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 51 and we'll be reading paragraphs 1 and 2 for study and focused reading today. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Joanne L., the 12 Traditions, Jody E.Q., and reading from the text today is Gina R. and John K. The reference numbers for recordings yesterday, the 10 a.m. time meeting reference code is a five-digit code, and it's 10011. 10011. And for today, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, which is Tuesday, 10013. 10013. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message, the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Joanne L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Joanne L. from Rhode Island, recovering in Massachusetts. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Joanne L. I will now ask Jody E.Q. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks, everybody, for being here. My name is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered in California. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Jody E.Q. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, please press star one to mute your phone. And to let us know that you've done finished sharing by saying pass. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 51, paragraphs 1 and 2, and I will ask Gina R. to begin our reading and study today. Good morning, Gina. Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much for your faithful service. This is Gina R., 
gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century than in all the millenniums which went before. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history tell us that the intellect of men in those days was equal, equal to the best of today. Yet in ancient times, material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought a round earth preposterous. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. We asked ourselves this, are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as the ancients about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to the birds? Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was, an almo was almost an old story, and airplane travel was in full swing. Let me set my timer. Um, my goodness. When I was out walking this morning and listening to the first hour, I just um, was flooded with uh, so many realizations of um, how biased uh, my mind has been and um, this kind of older word that they use in here called fettered just simply means being bound by chains or shackles. And, you know, when I, I think of the prayer that we say, when we say, relieve me of the bondage of self, that means unfetter me, take away those chains and those shackles um, from my mind. Um, and then up a little bit on that first paragraph, it said, almost everyone knows the reason. And I went, hmm, almost everyone. Well, almost doesn't mean everybody. So some people don't know what the reason was. And maybe I fall into that category in some respects. I certainly have um, poo-pooed the idea in different ways that, I could be like one of the recovered people that I hear on the lines. And I now have to poo-poo my poo-pooing of that idea because I have been relieved of the compulsion to eat the way I did. And the, the result that I'm getting are, are the promises that are sprinkled all through this big book. I have a sense of um, trust and faith and even a little bit of adventure in my life right now. And I'm not saying that I would put myself in the category or class of some of these historic explorers, 
but I really kind of feel like I am I am some some kind of an explorer. I heard the other day that NASA is going to send a mission to the sun. And my first reaction was, well, the ship is going to burn up. How are they going to do that? And then I really remembered contempt before examination. I'm like, ooh, I need to go check out what they are actually doing. And so I did. And guess what they have figured out? They have figured out how to build a machine that isn't going to burn up. So I need to just stop myself and know that my higher power is giving me the ability to do things that seem wild, crazy, and that means I am able to put down the food and um, open myself up to this recovery even more. And I, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Gina R. Who would like to comment on these two paragraphs on page 51? Well, I'll take a shot. It's John. Hi, John. Let's see if anybody else is there. Judy P. Anyone else? Hi, Judy. Charles P. Hi, Charles. Anybody else? Let's go with John K. then. Hi, John. It's your turn. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my name is John Kiernan. I'm a recovered compulsive will reader from uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I I know I was reading, you know, thinking about how in this section Bill continues to um, try and bring people without faith, or, you know, people who've lost their faith, you know, back toward the mindset they need to be in for recovery, you know. And I think the way he does it here is exactly brilliant, you know. He, he talks about modern things like science while at the same time pulling in the concept of a higher power and sort of finding a way to merge the two together. and um, I think what he's really trying to do is, you know, break down those walls of prejudice that, that are in people's heads. You know, I, I think back to me and, and my prejudice when I came into this program, and oh my God, uh, they were just, you know, ridiculous when I think about it now. I, it was funny, I was telling Melanie before, I led a retreat this weekend in Massachusetts, and I got talking to somebody uh, about just this subject. It was funny. And uh, somehow the, the, the discussion sort of wandered over to talking about uh, somebody who I won't m mention any personal names, but he's a very public figure who's a comedian, and he's also a rabid atheist. And, and uh, well, I like some things he does. The way he talks about people with faith really bothers me. He's very derisive and sneering about the subject. And uh, you know, I was saying that if he or anybody else ever talked uh, about people of an ethnic group, the way he talks about people of faith would be considered a racist. And and I found myself thinking about what really bothered me about it all is he reminded me of me at an earlier time and how intolerant I was and how I I felt so superior to looking down at any of you poor wretches who had any belief in a higher power because obviously he didn't have the mental abilities that I have. And you know, I had such great mental abilities. I was 300 pounds and getting drunk absolutely every day. <laughs> you know, so my own best efforts for you. And, uh, you know, the the other thing is, is I, I, I really believe in this, this program as a rounded out program. You know, with the AA 12 and 12, it says this, is a pro this program is intensely practical. And so sometimes when we talk about higher power, I need to remember 
it's intensely practical in that it is there, like it says on page 45, to help me help solve my problem. And I just need to keep doing the work they tell me. And and this whole science of pulling it together, it, it, it's also true for our physical disease. More and more is being founded out every day that helps me explain to people, no, this disease is not a moral failing and it's real important. And I'm going to end just by making a slight joke and cross-talk here about the uh, mission to the sun. And the main reason NASA was able to make the mission to the sun work is they just, they're going to go at night. Anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you, John. Thank you. Judy P., you're next. Hi, thanks so much for your service, um, Judy P., compulsive overeater in central New Jersey. You know, and I love reading this because um, it just goes to show me that I am clueless about uh, what God can do. And, um, you know, before OA, and, you know, I've shared I was a real non-believer, anti-God, totally sacrilegious in what I said and did. And uh, I have no idea how... God became the most important part of my life without exception, but it happened. And, um, you know, one of the other things that's happened to me along the way, and it's interesting reading this about, you know, the things we never thought could happen is, you know, I do love to um, study the universe uh, because it's so mind-blowing. I can't wrap my head around it. And it it just puts, um, I guess, my nothingness into perspective of just how small I truly am, and all I can do is just sit here in this moment and know that God is taking care of me, and uh, that is the only way I can really get by, because I think think too hard about all this stuff that I'm clueless about. It is just so overwhelming, and, um, you know, I got to experience the power of God last night. I, um, I do have sleep issues, and I've been up since 1230. I got four hours last night. Usually I get five. And, you know, it's a miracle that uh, he brings me through uh, without food, uh, without panic attacks. And I get up. I do all my prayer time. I get in my workout. I get, I have my own business. I work at that. And every morning he brings me through. I'm in awe because I remember, um, you know, years ago when those nights, were filled with just panic the entire night. And, um, you know, the power of God just still blows my mind completely. I, I still don't, I, and as my friend always says, you know, how big is your God if you could even understand your God? And she's right. I don't understand. You know, I know this program works. I just don't understand how it works. Um, you can tell me it is by following the steps, which I've done. And I've had a spiritual awakening and God's removed my obsession with my binge food. But saying that and understanding it are two completely different things. I don't understand how the food could be there and I don't want to eat it. Um, and that is, that is the mystery of God. And I'm grateful he is a mystery to me. And it's something that I could just keep seeking. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Judy P. Charles D. Star one. Charles D. Are you still with us? Star one. So while we're waiting for Charles D., yes, I'm I'd sorry. like to. Oh, there you are. Hello. It's your turn. Hello. 
Yes, um, this is Charles, uh, recovered from Oregon. Um, I, um, this is a wonderful uh, set of paragraphs that has, reminds me about the miracle of, of my own recovery. Um, certainly, I've come out of uh, a long darkness of not knowing how to live my life, nor what to do with my my diseases of of alcoholism and and food and um and i didn't know that there was any kind of solution to that um people at that at during that time people were um finding a solution and i didn't know about that so i i was living in in that darkness um and and yet um fortunately it I, I was able to find this, this wonderful recovery path. And so um, the long, the long uh, period of darkness and, and prejudice against God and against um, um, other people um, has, has ended. And, and I've begun to experience a new light with, uh, with this program. And so it's very similar to um, the the long period of of not growing as as a society in technology. Although this is a much for me, this is a much more incredible um, revelation because uh, it's it's transforming my own personal world, and that's that's something I never knew that uh, was there either. And and yet it is there now. Uh, thank you to the the twelve steps, the founders of this program, um, you know, and and Roxanne too. She she had a thought. Well, maybe maybe this twelve step program um, could work for people that have suffer from from eating um, um, dysfunction and, and this disease. And she had a she had just a thought that turned into a, a wonderful. Um, program that's saving thousands of people's lives now. So I'm, I'm grateful for this spiritual revolution that's happened um, and all the people that um, developed this program and have care, been carrying the, the light of this, of this great wisdom to, to develop into the, uh, and, and offer it to the whole world. It's now being offered to the entire world as a solution, the only solution to the, the severe problems that we have. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Charles D. Who else would like to comment on paragraph one and two on page 51? I can take three before we pause for a promo. Robin Jody L. E. Robin L. Jody Reggie. E. Reggie O. Reggie. Rocky I. Okay, we'll go with that. Rocky, we'll get you next go around. Hang on with this, please. I'm going to take these three so we can pause for a promo. Robin L., you're first. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service. This is Robin L., recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic in North Carolina. Um, in the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. And this sentence reminds me of one of my favorite stories earlier on page 42 about Fred. And he says he's got to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. 
And that is my work every day to see where are my fixed ideas and my superstitions that are holding me back and blocking me from God. Um, I've had to adopt a, a spirit of skepticism about what I used to be so sure was true. At the bottom, um, towards the end of that second paragraph, was it not true that the best medical, mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? And um, when I came in, I, I thought I had proved to myself all kinds of things about me that were different or that, um, that other people just didn't understand. And I have to say that one of the greatest promises of the program, one of the greatest gifts for me of the program is finding out I was wrong, finding out I was wrong. There is just no hope in me being right. Uh, but there is all kinds of hope when I discover that I'm wrong and when I have a healthy skepticism about my own beliefs. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Robin L. Jody EQ, you're next. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. So this sentence, the spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research and invention was almost unknown. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry. That word spirit makes me think of God. So what this is suggesting is that modern scientific inquiry has a spirit that is open-minded and open to miracles, really. And if we look at the record, since this book was written in 1939 or whenever it was, look at what has we've, we've done and discovered uh, the internet, this, the ability to have this conference call and a website. Uh, miracles have and do occur every day. Who knows what they'll discover by going to the sun if they manage to do that. Maybe, they'll, maybe we'll even solve uh, the problem of uh, climate change. Who knows? Am I going to say, am I going to believe that no, we're doomed? We're going to, you know, we're absolutely doomed as a species? No. I can open my mind and, and uh, just, I don't know, you know? I don't know. God is way bigger than me. God knows what God is doing. My job as one single human being is to pray for knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out and just try to do the next right thing. And having a spirit of open-mindedness and uh, faith and hope and positivity is so much nicer than having a spirit of closed-mindedness and negativity and doom. It just feels better for me. It helps me live uh, without stress, to relax and take it easy, even in the face of calamitous possibilities. And uh, it's a lot nicer to be around me, too, when I'm in that attitude. I can look at the glass as half full, or I can look as, at it as half empty. 
I can have a spirit of modern inquiry or I can have the spirit of fettered times. And I choose the former today. Thank you all for being here with me. And that with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. And after Reggie O shares, we'll pause for a convention mm-hmm. promo. Reggie, press star one. It's your turn. Okay. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Wow. Yeah, these paragraphs are really something. I, uh, you know, the first thing I thought of was it was when Bill, Bill was writing this. I don't know where telephones were, but uh, they, I know that there, not everybody had one. And uh, and I'm even thinking of my own early history in, in uh, Overeaters Anonymous. And I went to live meetings and talking to people on the phone would be, you know, I picked up my home phone, which was plugged into the wall and, uh, and made my, you know, call people in the program or other people. But, it, you know, it's amazing that here today we're sitting um, with a phone that's unplugged from, I am with a phone that's unplugged from the wall and, and we're talking from all over the world. And, uh, so it's really amazing, you know, what's possible. And I, I th- these are great, um, these are great examples that Bill gives, uh, you know, especially, you know, especially that science, not not the spirit that ultimately anything is possible spirit, but the science proved that, that, that people could never fly, you know, that why would the Wright brothers even give their time and attention to such a foolish idea? Because it was proven that that was impossible. But there was something in their hearts, you know, that just knew they had to. There was something in their hearts that knew that there was a thing that was possible as there was something, you know, that entered Bill's heart that said it's possible to spread this message in a bigger way and to perhaps save many, you know, thousands and thousands of alcoholics. And uh, they did it one by one very slowly. And then here's the book. And now we're looking at the mushrooming. And uh, it reminds me of one thing, too, uh, that you know, it still goes on, always just tickles me is that when I heard this along the lines of the Wright brothers is that um, aerodynamically it is impossible for bumblebees to fly. And, uh, yeah, but it hasn't stopped them. And, you know, and the the miracle, you know, I mean, it it, it is of the miraculous, uh, but there is anything possible with the spirit, with God, which, you know, and, and from a personal experience, I've certainly, you know, experienced that with these steps in this program. It, it's amazing to, to see that, you know, to see my, my own mind and way of being in the world shift from uh, the willingness to uh, the willingness to not be controlling around my food to really give it over to God and start giving over you know, everything in my life. And the more I surrender to this power, you know, that makes all things possible, the more things are possible for me. And it, it's, it, it really is just a wonderful thing to see and believe. And, uh, and, and we, get, we get to see on this line so much evidence of the impossible becoming possible because we share it, you know. We share it every morning and hear it every morning. And uh, so it's pretty, uh, it's just pretty cool, pretty great. And uh, I'm just grateful to be a part of the, uh, grateful to be a part of this, amazing group and movement and miraculous living. Thank you, Reggie O. Now, a promo for a powerful big book study and convention. Here's John Kiernan. (laughs) Hi. Good morning. Still John Kiernan. Um, Thank you. Uh, Let's turn uh, our attention to a brief convention promo. We are indeed hosting a convention this year. 
just the way A Vision for You likes it. The Power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Have you registered to save your seat? Don't gamble on this one. It is on. So it is the weekend of September 15th through 17th, 2017, at the Liberty International Airport Marriott Hotel and Convention Center in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. Uh, all the details are to be found on our website at www.visionforyou.info. Now back to this compelling big book study and sharing with Melanie. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Great, great news. So we will open up the. Uh, floor now for additional sharing. I did have Rocky I. Did anyone else like want to comment on those two paragraphs on 51? Subin Y. Hi, Subin. Sherry C. KB. Hi, Sherry. Ashley P. Ashley P. Okay, let's go with that. Rocky I, you're up first. And then I have Subin and Sherry KB and Ashley P. Hi, Rocky. Hello, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, okay, some Rockies recovered in Tempe, Arizona. And um, I, I love the whole big book. I keep saying that. I love my big book. And the chapter of diagnostic is, is one of my favorites. Um, because I was so ignorant. I was so agnostic, even though agnostic is such a big word. It uh, sounds um, sophisticated, but it's truly ignorant. And I am proud to say that I was so ignorant. I had the distorted idea of a five-year-old um, of God. And, um, and um, I, was, I was mad with him and um, being intolerant as we have read and judgmental and, you know, all those garbage and, um And by grace, I was defeated by the food, by the wonderful lap band. And um, that is what got me into program. And um, today, so I was defeated. I hurt people. I, I didn't like the gut idea, um, but I stayed because um, I didn't have really no other, because I was going to prove this was not going to help me either. This was one more Weight Watchers thing. It was not going to work. So I just say just, you know, just for my rebellious character and, um, and as I said and I met people and I started listening and I love this um, line where uh, it says about um, superstitious tradition and all sorts of fixed ideas. You know, the more I heard recovery, the more I was, um, mm, so who is this God? And um, I went through a period of having different higher powers. Uh, I borrowed higher, higher powers. Sometimes they took the shape of a, of a loving uh, Madonna kind of thing, like a loving uh, woman. Some other times it was nature, but um, growing in program and, and really listening to what it has to say where it says go back to, you know, religious organizations. They might not be that wrong after all. And it has been my experience, you know. I I came to a point where it's like, okay, I need more God, more higher power, more God, more bigger book. And um, I need to uh, go find somebody with, uh, you know, more experience, more um 
I need proof, like science, right? Because it's so important that everything needs to be proved to me. Um, and so today, um, I I went back to my or origin. Um, I have a God that um, has restored me to sanity. Not only has my body gone back to uh, <clears throat> to normal, you know, my numbers, my weight is not that, but. Um, so anyway, just be open. Um, you don't have to be happily open. You just have to be open. You do the willing and higher power does the changing. So give yourself a chance. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rocky I. Subin Y, it's your turn. Hi, this is Subin Y. Could I, uh, could, can you hear me? I can, hi. Hi, uh, this is Subin Y. I'm a compulsive overeater from North Jersey. Um, I, you know, I struggled, you know, I came to OA several months ago, and it's, it's been, like, really hard. I've been, like, really, really struggling with abstinence, um, and I was getting more and more and more resentful at my higher power, at, my, at God. Um, you know, I do have a God of, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I do come, I was born and raised a certain religion, so I do, you know, I, there was a higher power in my life. I just, you know, I just don't have the access to that higher power right now, um, and I went through a period of time where, um, you know, I would go to I would go to this place of worship and you know hear what hear what the people would have to say, and I would get really turned off by some of the very conservative ideas and intolerance that they've expressed, and um, you know that kind of turned me to do I convert? You know, I do I and trying different religions and you know feeling lost at times, and I'm so grateful that I came to program because all program is ask all program asks for is a conception of higher power, um, my conception of higher power, and, you know, I don't have to follow any other religion's conception of higher power. And it's, you know, God works in mysterious ways. My step-sponsor is actually the same religion as me, and she's making all these suggestions. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of, not forced to, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm opening myself up back to, um, you know, the religion that I grew up in. And um, it's... You know, it's it's hard. You know, I'm, I'm facing a lot of fear. Um, there is definitely fear of, you know, higher power. Because um, uh, I don't really trust my higher power. I realized, and you know, it's difficult. But, you know, like what other choice do I have? Um, I was this one other fellow told me like, what do I have to lose? Um, I was doing my step two assignment yesterday, and I was writing about um, putting my life in God's hands and. You know, all these years of trying to control and trying to do it my way, and you know what, 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 where did that lead me to? It just led me to more misery and just more loss of control. Like, what do I have to lose by putting my putting putting my life in God's hands? And you know, I actually yesterday I actually went to an eating disorder clinic um, that I was told was the best in the country by two psychologists whom, whose opinions I value very, very seriously and highly. And their approach is different from the addiction model. And, you know, their intensive outpatient program involves sitting, you know, meal, meals, um, meals, and that involves dessert. And then, you know, I was asking, you know, have you, you know, do you have clients or patients that work in Tulsa program? And they said, you know, the model is a little bit different. You know, they allow, you know, they, part of, part of their meals is dessert. They said they have no good foods and bad foods. And I'm like, this is not going to work. Um, you know, it's not that my alcoholic foods are bad Time. foods. 
oh, anyways, um, but yeah, I just realized I'm out of options, and you know, I'm just grateful that I'm here in program and that there is a solution. But with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Subin. Sherry KB. Good morning, Melody. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thanks for your dedicated service, Melanie, and all of us on the line. Um, you know, I've just been listening to everybody and looking over this stuff, and what jumps out at me is says almost everyone knows the reason, like why this is going on. It's because, for me, it was painfully slow. My thinking around this work was painfully slow for years, years and years and years. I just, you know, didn't believe in a power greater than myself that could help me. Um, and that my, you know, that the, the I had uh, feathered ideas, which meant restrained, controlled, limited, irrational thinking, something that confined you. So my own thoughts and beliefs around certain things confined me, and I had all sorts of fixed ideas. And um, what this reminds me of is listening to, I remember when I first started listening to Vision, and I was like struck by the recovery on the line. And I was just amazed. And I had not heard people talk the way you people were talking when I first started listening to you in 2013. And I was blown away by it. And yet my mind would start closing up, opening and closing up. And it took me a while, even though as smart as I am, it says the best, the best medical minds could, could not prove, never, that men could not fly. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, I just, I had to keep an open mind. I had to be willing to be willing to do this work and find out for myself and and set aside my own prejudices. And so what it's telling us is please set aside your own prejudices and just jump right in, have some blind faith here and just jump right into it. And so, you know, I know that when I got my, my uh, step guide and she prepared me, she really did prepare me to do this work because when I got... She kept having me call two recovered people a day, and so I kept calling people and asking them about the book, asking them about the book every day. you know. So when I got to the fourth step and I was like really scared around all the stuff I was going to be writing about, I would call recovered people because I got used to making those calls every day. But I called people and I asked them how they got through it, and they told me how they got through it. And they kind of talked me off the ledge, and I got through it because I was so worried I was not going to get what you guys had. And, you know, I do, and I did, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm just saying just be willing to be willing. Pray for the willingness to be willing and set aside your old prejudices and um, let go of those unreasonable doubts and um, fixed ideas and get in this book, get a guide, get to work, do the stuff. Yay. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Sherry. KB, Ashley P., it's your turn. Hi, this is Ashley P. Can I be heard? Yes, I can hear you. Great. Um, yeah, I really, really love this paragraph. Um, I, I remember when I was growing up um, that my my dad and my grandmother basically both kind of told me about um, religious people. And, and when they discussed religious people or people that had faith, they they kind of um, did so in a way that that made them seem weak or perhaps maybe even a bit stupid because they um, were relying on an intellect that wasn't their own. And so I I grew up um, with a very very biased view of of people that um, had a, a belief in in God. And what I really love about this paragraph is that um, it talks about 
old ideas um, being thrown out um, for new ideas. And that's really what I'm really loving about the program right now. It's, um, oh, I didn't set my timer again. Um, hold on. Ashley, did uh, you say you were done? Because oh, you yeah, have plenty yeah. of time. Okay, okay. Okay. Did I check your time? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you have another minute or so. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I just, um, what I love is that all of these old ideas are thrown out and these new ideas make sense. And that's what I felt with the book that um, when I first started reading it, it didn't make any sense to me. It was all of these words that just made no sense. And, and everybody loved it so much, but it was all gobbledygook to me. Um, and as I've gotten um, further and further in the work and I've done the steps and um, it's, it's like all of these things that never made sense just start to make sense. The steps make sense. The book makes sense. And, and the world begins to make sense. And it's not because the world changes. Um, I change. And that's such a miracle. Um, and I, I think I thought that if I did the steps and um, I began to believe in a higher power and I stopped binging and I stopped restricting and I stopped over-exercising, that the miracle was going to be that God would make the bad things stop happening and I would just kind of live this magical life. And instead, I, I get to change and the magic is um, that my perspective changes. And thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. There's time for probably two, two and a half minute shares. If there's anyone else out that would like to comment on page 51, paragraph one and two. Please star one to unmute. Are we all shared up? This is Joanne B. Oh, we'll take Joanne B. Anybody else? If you want to share that time with you, Joanne. Well, let's go with you. Hi, this is happened. Teresa D. Can I share? Oh. Yeah, we got a couple now. It looks like we each one maybe have a two-minute share before we have to end the meeting. Thanks. So let's go with Joanne B. first and then Teresa D. Hi, Joanne. Hi, this is Joanne B. And I'm um, recovering. I'm not recovered yet. But I just I want to just tell all of you who've, who've spoken and today and every day, but especially even today, thank you because um, so many times my my guide would say, how do you read, do you understand what you're reading? Do you see yourself in it? And I'm thinking, I don't have a clue what she's talking about. And it's neat to hear you say what you think about the reading because I wouldn't have thought of those things. So I'm looking forward to my mind changing and catching special tidbits and all of that stuff. And I'm just really grateful for all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Joanne B. Teresa D., want to take us to the end of our meeting today? Star one. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm uh, Teresa D. Can you hear me? I can. Hi. Okay. Um, you know, this reading is really good because it just shows me um, – my bias, um, you know, as everybody else has said, I am 
uh, very close, or I should say I was very closed off to uh, religion and thought that people that believed in God were weak. And, um, you know, and my concepts have had to change. And um, and that's uh, pretty difficult for somebody as arrogant as me. And um, I just uh, want to thank you guys so much. Um, Vision for You has changed my life. And um, I couldn't imagine my life without it. So uh, thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Teresa D. And thank you to everyone that shared today. That would take us to the end of our meeting for today. We will now close this meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164. And then we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Will John Kay please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.